Welcome to the Buick Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Marion, and on this podcast, we dive deep into the outdoors. We discuss hunting and fishing techniques, give you tips and tricks, tell stories, and everything in between to help you enjoy the outdoors. This podcast is brought to you by Northbound Gear. Northbound Gear is designed for maneuverability and durability and is made to last through even the toughest of elements. My go-to for their pants is the Water Resistance Adventure Pants and their lined waterproof jeans. I've worn them while out ice fishing, crawling through the woods, bear hunting, and on the west coast out on the boat. And I even wear them around when I'm having a lazy day at the house. They are that comfortable. They also offer jackets, summer pants, backpacks, and many more. Men's and women's sizes are available, and by partnering with One Tree Planted, you're planting a tree with every purchase. Check them out for yourself at northboundgear.co, and when you use my promo code SHELDON15 at checkout, you'll receive 15% off your order. That's northboundgear.co and promo code SHELDON15. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Buick Outdoors podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host Sheldon Marion, and before we get into this episode, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and you want to listen to it, head over to pretty well any major podcast platform and search up the Buick Outdoors podcast if you just want to listen to it. Uh, If you are just listening to it and you want to watch the video version, head over to our YouTube channel and there'll be a podcast playlist uh, as well as there's a playlist for all of our other outdoor adventures, hunting, fishing, exploring, cooking. Uh, There's a little bit of everything for everyone and then while you're over there, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today is June 21st here that I'm recording this. And uh, so that means June's pretty well over. Uh, up here in the north, that means our summer is about half over. Uh, we get summer for kind of June and July. And that's about it. May, it's still springtime. August, we start getting frost. And it's also kind of the start of rabbit season. Uh, Bear season opens back up. And it used to be the opening month for moose as well when we had the open season, uh, August 15th. But uh, since, well, that's been kind of taken away from us now. But, uh, oh, well, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about our uh, kind of harvesting and foraging season so far. you know, many of you know that uh, we just wrapped up uh, our bear camp here a couple weeks ago. I spent three weeks out in the northern bush here uh, chasing bears. I got two bears. Blaine got two bears. My dad got a bear. Uh, we faced a ton of rain, and we were rained out more days than we could hunt pretty well. But... Uh, yeah, so we started off pretty strong there with a bunch of bears hitting the dirt. And then uh, this week on Wednesday, I took Shelby out to go look for a bear. Uh, we seen uh, we seen three bears, but uh, right now the issue is that uh, they're, they're getting into the rut now. So they're not really uh, on the side of the road eating grass or anything like that. They're just kind of cruising and traveling and it's... It's getting to be pretty hard to actually kind of do the spot and stalk with these bears now uh, in the middle of June just because they're cruising and they're looking for looking for a sow. So uh, they don't really stand still overly for too long. 
So, uh, yeah, we, we couldn't quite pull the trigger on one. But uh, Wednesday afternoon, when it was starting to get pretty hot out, uh, I took Shelby to an old burn spot that I know about up here. And we walked around in the trees, just trying to see what was kicking around, you know, possibly find some mushrooms and stuff. And uh, lo and behold, we found a pile of black morale mushrooms. Uh, so me and Shelby, we uh, we took about an hour and we just cruised through the trees there. And we found in total about half a pound of black morales. And, uh, you know, where, where we were finding these morales, uh, it's an old... Uh, you know, there's a lot of kind of swamp spruce and some pine that were, that was in an area. And I want to say about three years ago, a fire went through there and burnt everything up. And now, you know, the green grasses and the cranberries, they're starting to grow back. And there's quite a bit of willow that's growing in there now. Uh, so I bet you if we were in there maybe a year or two earlier, we would have found a lot more mushrooms. Even, you know, a few years after Big Burn's gone through there, there's still a lot of mushrooms growing. Uh, so we cruised around there for about an hour, found a pile of mushrooms in where uh, there's not very much for freestanding water because the ground, it's really soft and real mossy in there. Uh, you know, the parts that were really wet with a lot of freestanding water, we didn't find overly too many in there. There's the odd one kind of scattered throughout here and there and then when you get down into the lower elevations kind of where there was uh there were spots where it was almost too dry and uh, there was more of like a willow thicket than anything and there there was hardly anything in there but kind of right in the middle uh where there's still a little bit of water kind of running off of everything and the ground was slightly wet. Uh, you know, that's where we were finding a, a good majority of them. And there were some, for the most part, growing at the base of some of the burnt trees that were in there. Uh, and then there was also some that were kind of growing in with the rose bushes. And then we found not very many, like maybe two or three that were actually inside of a cluster of the willows. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, they were kind of right at the base of the burnt spruce trees. So, uh, yeah, if you guys are out looking for morale mushrooms, try to find a, a place that's been burned within the last couple of years. That was all kind of the coniferous trees and just look at the base of the trees. Uh, one thing that really helped me find more, too, was it's, it's a pain to find one. And then once you do find one, what I found that helped was I'd get on my hands and knees and I'd kind of look at ground level. Because when you're doing that, uh, the morels, the ones that we were finding anyways are the black morels. And when you're on the ground level and kind of looking around, they stand out because then it's like a black mushroom with like a green background almost. So you could really start to see them then. Because when you're walking around and you're looking kind of down on it, it's a blackish, brownish mushroom with a bunch of oblong shapes. So there's no straight lines or anything like that to kind of catch your eye. 
And then when you're looking straight down on it, it like the color is almost identical to like a brownish moss kind of a thing. And then also there's a lot of small little sticks and stems that were burnt at the base of those trees and they almost look like a, a mushroom too and it's it, it's tricky. I, I, I bent over to grab a mushroom probably about five or six times and I just picked up a stick. <laughs> Either that or the old spruce cones, they look very similar to a spruce cone as well. So uh, yeah, if you guys are heading out to do uh, any morale mushroom picking, hopefully those little tips uh, help you out and you can uh, you can find a bunch for yourself as well. Uh, one other thing that we've been doing here this week is we're just cruising around in the yard and uh, we did uh, we picked a whole pile of rosebuds here right now uh, it's kind of about half and half half of the roses are wide open and they're a full-on flower the other half are still just a real small rosebud still so the the green uh, leaves have opened up and the rosebuds are just starting to come through here and uh, pretty well we went around the yard for about half an hour and we picked uh, I don't know I'd say about three or four cups of rosebuds I got little like cheap dollar store sand castle buckets kind of a thing and we filled it about halfway up and then uh, in the evening, we uh, once we were all said and done there, we just kind of rinsed them off real quick, dried them on paper towel, and then uh, I put them on the dehydrator last night. Uh, at the lowest setting, it's 95 degrees, I believe. And uh, basically just let them go for 12 hours or 13 hours. Then this morning, I made up a cup of tea. Uh the rosebuds weren't quite dehydrated all the way through, uh, so I turned it back on. And then uh, tonight, after after the rosebuds have been in the dehydrator for uh, probably about 24 hours in total, uh, we'll take them out and throw them into a mason jar, and then they'll be good to go. But uh, yeah, this morning I took probably, I want to say about a quarter cup. Of dehydrated rosebuds and I had three cups of water uh, boiling once the water started to boil I turned it down to to where it was just kind of like a really low simmer and I threw in the the rosebuds into that and I just kind of let it steep for eight minutes and then after eight minutes I pulled all the rosebuds out pour myself a cup of tea and uh, the taste is it's very 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 similar to just a straight green tea but had just the a slight kind of flowery taste to it uh, you know it it tastes like the smell of a rose which you know I I was hoping I would get that but uh, yeah <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise that rosebud tea tastes like roses but uh, you know I wasn't wasn't too sure what to expect uh, yesterday when we were picking them, I ate one raw, and, uh, it tastes like the smell of roses, but it also had, like, an extremely strong kind of green grass taste to it, 
So that's what I was kind of worried about. But uh, uh, this morning, once as we uh, turned off the dehydrator and I pulled one out, I ate one out of the dehydrator. And it was the same flavor, except it was a little less of that real strong kind of green grass taste to it. So, uh, yeah, in all in all, it turned out very well. And then also we uh, we picked some dandelion roots yesterday as well. And we made dandelion root tea. And uh, with that, it's, it's phenomenal at, at how good that actually turned out. Uh, you know, to pick dandelion roots, uh, out here we have a lot of really solid like clay and pack sand kind of ground. Uh, so the dandelion roots that I was pulling out of the ground, because of the soil type that's in my yard, it was actually pretty difficult to dig them out. And then they were just small roots, like two, three inches long, and maybe three-eighths of an inch wide, if that. Some were even like a quarter inch. So out here, I needed quite a bit of roots to uh, to kind of make it worth our while. But then we also have flower pots out here. Uh, that the dandelions kind of took over. And when you pull them out of there. You know it's just regular old topsoil. Uh, the bag stuff that you buy from. Whatever gardening center. Canadian Tire. Walmart. Kind of thing. And with those. Because it's it's actually good loose soil. The dandelion root. It pulls right out. No problem whatsoever. And then with those ones though. They were very long. They were like 6 to 8 inches long almost. But extremely thin. Uh, but they still worked. Uh, basically, we pull the dandelions. We go about a quarter inch uh, down from the base. Cut it off. Knock off all the dirt. Uh, give them a real quick wash. And then what I did was I just kind of bundled them all up. Took my knife. And I just cut them up into kind of half inch to one inch pieces kind of a thing. Uh, I laid them out on a baking sheet and I threw them into the oven at 350 degrees Fahrenheit and for your cooking time you know it varies so much uh, the roots that we have out here they're just so super thin so I put it in there for 15 minutes and basically once as you can kind of smell it's almost like a milk chocolate kind of a smell coming out of your oven i opened her up after 15 minutes pulled her out gave her a sniff and you can smell like that kind of milk chocolate smell they were nice and dry except for some of the the other ones that were just slightly bigger uh they weren't quite 100 percent dry but we're not preserving them we're just making tea so i wasn't too concerned about that and then uh basically i brought uh again three cups of water up to a boil once it was boiling, I turned it right down to a slow simmer. I took all the roots, which was probably, that was probably about half a cup of dried dandelion root. And I threw it in there and I let it steep for 20 minutes. And then uh, once the 20 minutes was up, turned it all off. I strained it all out so we had nothing but the tea left. Then once I poured uh, a cup of tea there, 
took a swig of it, and uh, the best way I can describe it is that it tastes like chaga tea. Uh, I know the majority of people don't have a clue what chaga tea tastes like, but it's basically almost like uh, an extremely mild tasting caramel, chocolatey, molasses kind of a thing. It's it's a very hard thing to describe. And then uh, I put in, I, I don't know, maybe three quarters of a teaspoon of sugar into it. And man, it that's that's got to be one of the best drinks I've ever had. You know, and there's so much health benefits when it comes to dandelion root tea. Also with like the rosebud tea. Uh, with the rosebud tea too. Uh, the second cup I had of it there, I put a little teaspoon of sugar in there too. And again, it, it was just a phenomenal drink. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the health benefits to this stuff, you know, with the rosebud tea, uh, it's all caffeine free. It's just a regular old kind of herbal tea kind of a thing. There's a pile of antioxidants. Uh, there's a bunch of vitamin C in roses. Uh, with the rose buds, it's not quite as much as rose hips. I think it's just because it's uh, not quite as concentrated. But there's also a bunch of vitamin A in there. Uh, apparently, it helps with weight loss. And also for women, uh, it helps with menstrual pain relief. Which is, uh, I mean, hey, that, that's a huge bonus if it actually works. And then for dandelions... There's, uh, it sounds like there's actually a lot more, uh, health benefits with the dandelions. Uh, one thing it says that lowers blood sugar, uh, there's a bunch of antioxidants, uh, helps with detoxing, lowers your cholesterol, promotes weight loss, lowers your blood, blood pressure, it's high in vitamins and nutrients, uh, potassium, magnesium, and calcium helps with urinary tract infections. It's a natural anti-inflammatory. Uh, and that one I can for sure say that it does work. Uh, I suffer hugely with gout and inflammation in both of my feet. I'm sure if you guys, you guys have watched some of my YouTube videos, every once in a while you can see me kind of not quite walking right and limping around a little bit. It's because I'm dealing with either gout in my toe, in the bridge of my foot, in my ankle, or in both feet at the same time. And, uh, you know, I take a bunch of different random little pills and stuff from the health food store. And one of the best things that has worked for me so far has been just dandelion root tea. Uh, Shelby made it for me a few weeks ago. And the next day put my shoe or put my shoe on there and there was actually kind of room for the bridge of my foot for some reason my one shoe on my right foot it just tightens right up for the most part and uh after drinking some of this dandelion root tea put my shoe on and it actually fit normal for once so uh that might be kind of what do you call it the placebo effect it might be all in my head kind of thing but whatever i'll take it <laughs> uh it also says that it improves your immune system 
Uh, it says that it lowers your risk of cancer, but I, I don't really like promoting that kind of stuff. It kind of gives you almost like false hope kind of a thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah, take that one with a grain of salt. Uh, it says it shortens the length of flu, improves skin health, promotes gut health. Uh, you know, so it's, there's a pile of good stuff with dandelions, but I think for the most part, you get all the same health benefits just from eating natural foods, whether it's dandelions, roses, huckleberries, blueberries, cranberries, you know, it's all just natural plants natural ingredients and uh you know it's it's all just better for you plus it grows out here in the wild where there's no chemicals pesticides herbicides there's nothing like that you know so your your body doesn't have to digest the herbicides that are on it before it digests the plant you know it just goes straight to work on the plant and you get the full benefits of it too plus when you pick it out here, you pick it, it goes in your fridge, or you pick it and it goes straight to your mouth kind of thing. You eat it right away. There's nothing sprayed on it uh, for it to last, you know, the trip from Mexico to northern BC kind of thing. There's no waxy coatings or anything like that. So, I mean, just in general, it's a wild edible, so it, it's going to be better for you. Plus, it is kind of like, you know, fruits and vegetables. They have, you know, natural immunity boosters and stuff in them. Like, you know, a lot of stuff is jam-packed with vitamin C. And, you know, it, it doesn't take a scientist to tell you that, you know, fruits and vegetables and wild edibles that have a lot of vitamin C are going to do great things for your body, including, you know, shortening the flu symptoms. Well, that's because you have a healthy immune system. But, uh, yeah. Uh, coming up here, what's next is uh, basically, I think kind of soap berries will be the next one that we can go out and pick. Uh, they typically ripen up kind of mid-July. They're slightly earlier than uh, the blueberries and huckleberries and all that stuff. And, uh... Soap berries, they're, they're not exactly a, a real common berry. Uh, basically, they look like a high bush cranberry, except they kind of have like white dots on them kind of a thing. And uh, I don't even know how to describe the taste. They're, they're a fairly sweet red berry, kind of a slight hint of cranberry. Uh and you, you don't really find them overly too much. Uh, I don't even really know how to describe their uh, their habitat or the range. Uh, there's some at one of my uh, neighbor's house. It just grows in her yard. And then there's also some up the road here, little ways that we take the side-by-side -side into. And it's just, I don't know, maybe six or seven random big bushes of them growing. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason why they grow there or <laughs> other than, you know, 
there's it's kind of like the same habitat almost as cranberries really uh lots of well it's a mixture it's a mixture of poplar trees and spruce trees that are growing other than that there's no you know it's not like when you're driving down the road and you see a bunch of pine growing with sandy soil and you go yeah there's a spot for blueberries you know where they grow uh, it's a mystery to me but uh maybe what i'll do one of these days is i'll actually i'll grab my boreal herbal book look up soap berries in there and then uh kind of get a better idea on where they grow and then uh basically after that we gotta wait till about uh mid-august for the blueberries and huckleberries and raspberries uh around here i have oh probably three spots that we can pick blueberries uh one the road might be in too bad of condition now there's a lot of areas around here where uh a lot of the roads are just kind of getting washed out and they're not being uh kept up to par kind of kind of a thing because a lot of the the gas wells out here are getting all shut in or they have been shut in for many years so just the roads are deteriorating but i might be able to take the side by side in there uh huckleberries there's not much for huckleberries around here uh i know several spots up the highway uh, around kind of mile 135 kind of country um and then raspberries uh for the last few years for some reason where there used to be a lot of raspberries uh just close to the house here uh the bushes grew and the leaves grew but there was no berries so i don't know if maybe a, a bear's getting into them really quick but uh yeah the the stuff that's right close to the house for whatever reason, there hasn't been too many berries growing on those bushes, but there still is uh, quite a bit of raspberry bushes. It's a bit of a drive, probably 30, 40 kilometers away that we can go to. Uh, it's just one stretch of road where it's just like a two kilometer stretch and there's just raspberries the whole length of the way on the one side. So we can uh, we can head in there and pick raspberries. And then, uh, you know, as for as for fishing goes this year, uh, I was wanting to do quite a bit more river fishing this year, uh, but the conditions right now just are not in our favor. Uh, we've had a ton of rain, which is making the rivers just dirty as ever. But then also up in the mountains, you know, there's still a pile of snow on the mountaintop so they haven't uh the snow packs haven't melted off yet so i really don't think we'll be fishing in the rivers until uh probably late july kind of a thing uh maybe even into august kind of depending on if it keeps snowing up on top kind of a thing uh but yeah hopefully that uh Hopefully the rivers clear up here real soon so we can get out there and start doing some fishing. Uh, unfortunately, I, I don't know if we're going to be able to do overly too many trips to the river. Uh, 
you know, we might be able to take the holiday trailer out and spend a week out there and just kind of fish every day as long as it doesn't rain on us. But so far this year, it's been an extremely wet year. But we'll see when the time comes. Uh, we just kind of take her week by week kind of a thing. And uh, hopefully the weather starts to cooperate a little bit better. Uh, you know, during uh, bear season there, it rained more days than it didn't. And uh, that made things a little bit hard. But with all the rain, uh, it should make a really good berry picking season. Uh you know, it, it'll it rain like crazy, and then the sun comes out, and it's plus 23 to 25, kind of a area for a couple of days. Typically, when you have a, kind of hot weather like that, after a good bunch of rain, uh, the berries do very, very well. So, I know last year it wasn't overly too good for berries. Uh, it was just extremely hot and no rain, so maybe this year, with the rain and the heat, We'll have a, a much better year for uh, berry picking. And seeing how our summer is basically kind of half done. Maybe eh, maybe not quite half done, but it's getting close. Uh, you know, aside from wanting to pick berries in August and go do some river fishing, uh, you know... I still haven't really gone out and done any camping yet with the dogs. Uh, I'm thinking on my next days off here, I'm going to head out with the pups. Uh, I don't know if I'll do a lean-to shelter or a tarp or bring the tent out or if Shelby comes with me. Uh, it all kind of de depends on uh, who all comes out with me. Uh, if it's me and the dogs and Shelby, it'll probably be like you know the four-man tent we'll bring out with us and just... Spend the afternoon setting up the tent, building us a fire, cook a little meal around the fire, and then just enjoy each other's company out in the bush. And, uh, you know, just listen to the birds and the wind, all that good stuff. Uh, basically, whatever kind of gets us out of the house and into the woods. It's always a, it's always a bonus. And then uh, there's still a few things that I planned on doing too uh one thing i, I really want to test out is a little survival kit that i picked up from uh canadian tire it's kind of one of those cheap little like 20 or 30 dollar kind of survival kits so i i want to go out into the bush here and just walk out like i'm going on a on a walk with the pup kind of a thing you know i'll have just whatever's on me and then that survival kit and just see if you can actually survive the night with it kind of a thing uh i know a lot of people they rely very heavily on those uh type of kits uh i don't know if it's just a false sense of hope kind of a thing where you know they're they're gonna go camping so they buy a quote-unquote survival kit in case something happens and then that's just kind of their go-to resource and they don't have a clue whether or not they work or not so I'm wanting to test out at least one of them and uh, see if it's actually worth your while on buying or see if it's going to end up doing you more harm than good being out in the bush with this so-called uh, survival kit kind of a thing. So uh, I think that'll be 
quite the nifty little video to film. Uh, I think the survival kit that I got, I'd have to look at it again, but there's like a small little fishing kit in there. Uh, one of those kind of survival blankets, just like tinfoil space suit or whatever you want to call them. Uh, there's kind of, it's kind of like a, like the flint off of a lighter, and I think there might be some cotton balls in there. Uh, what else was in there? I can't remember, but there there isn't much in there. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of nervous that they called it a survival kit. I really don't think there's gonna be too much surviving happening <laughs> with the thing, but. Uh, Whatever, it'll be uh, it'll be something kind of cool to take out and try out, and uh, let you know the pros and cons of it, and whether I kind of give it the the thumbs up of approval or do not waste your time on this, or you know, it might be a kit where it's like eh, it, it might work in a serious bind, but uh, don't rely on it, kind of a thing. But uh, yeah. We'll give her a go anyways. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it here for this one today, guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, if you're watching this, make sure you hit the little like button. Leave us a comment or two. Ask a question. Maybe one of these days I'll do like a, a Q&A podcast. I just need enough questions kind of lined up to make it worth our while. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're, we're growing every day and... Uh, you know, I, I couldn't be any happier with that. Uh, if you're just listening to it, to this, uh, maybe leave us a review or share it with somebody. You know, get our name out there so we can keep kind of continuing to grow on both platforms. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed this one, guys. We'll catch you on the next one.